Today, on speculative Tolkienism, we look at the creation of the nine-man roster, the nine walkers, that is, the Fellowship of the Ring. We speculate in particular about why Merry and Pippin were recruited into the group, despite being, you know, Merry and Pippin. So fill your bowls with pipeweed and let's get smoking. Okay, Gandalf makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's kind of his, his, uh, I mean, ultimately it's Gandalf's battle, you know, I mean, this is what, this is Gandalf's function in Middle Earth period. This is, this is why he was sent to Middle Earth. Okay. So that makes sense. Boromir makes sense because he's probably a level, uh, uh, 15, um, fighter and, uh, you know he's they're they're going that way anyway, right? So he's like, I might as well travel with you, right? Right. Aragorn again makes sense because he's uh you know Aragorn and he's uh, again this is his task, yeah. Okay, and representing the free people, so uh, you know you got uh, uh, Gimli who is uh, you know quite the warrior uh, uh, dwarf, and you got uh, Legolas who's an elf, which is always good. But then you know again you got these little dumbasses. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You know, like Frodo and Sam again makes sense. And, and and here's the thing: isn't it weird? Not weird, but it's like <laughs> it's like we don't want to touch it. Let's give it to these two idiots right here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's too dangerous for us. Let's give it to the weakest. Of, you know, right, right. Uh, I mean, again, and it's, it was explained that you know that that they they were far more resistant because of like you know how they were, like mm-hmm. hobbits in general. The resilient you know? folk, yeah, right. But I mean, it's lucky that that it was uh, you know Frodo and Bilbo. I mean, can you imagine if Ted Sandyman was uh, right? Was, right, uh, right. He'd be like, "Oh, I got this ring. I'm going to claim it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take over and get all the birds and in Hobbiton. The gaffer's like, I'll grow carrots the size of mountains. I'll grow I'll grow peas the size of beans. <laughs> what would have happened if if do you suppose if Mary and Pippin would have been sent back like like uh Well that, well, let's Elrond get to that because that that was an option. So Frodo and Sam are, are kind of recruited into the nine. Yeah, yeah. And then it's obvious that the two hobbits want to go. And actually, uh, Elrond's like, no, you can't go. And Gandalf surprisingly surprises everybody and sticks yeah. up for Pippin. We want to go with Frodo. That is because you do not understand and cannot imagine what lies ahead, said Elrond. Neither does Frodo, said Gandalf, unexpectedly supporting Pippin. Nor do any of us see clearly it is true that if these hobbits understood the danger, they would not dare to go, but they would still wish to go or wish that they dared. I thought that was a great line. Yeah. Um, you might as well get Pippin. He's just as good as these other useless hobbits. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, look, but, we got to carry like, extra stuff anyway, so but might as well be that. <laughs> but it's funny because, um, like, Elrond, here's, here's something that I actually think was not a flaw in in the manuscript Tolkien. I've, I've, they're very rare for how huge and elaborate this novel is. Um, oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I find like a oh, 
Very rarely, though. So, right. one thing I notice is, like, just as these rangers are getting back, these scouts are getting back with reports, they were just saying how there was no trace to be seen of the nine, that they had vanished and their yeah, presence yeah. wasn't felt anywhere, right? And then Elrond summons the hobbits to him, and he's like, okay, Pippin, um, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really feeling you joining this ring quest thing. Maybe you should go back to hobbiton and warn the shire or go back to the shire and warn the shire about the impending danger he says you speak gravely but i am in doubt the shire i forebode is not free now from peril and these two i had thought to send back there as messengers to do what they could according to the fashion of their country to warn the people of their danger Right, right, and just just when they just explain that there's no impending danger, yeah, there's no impending city. danger. Doesn't mean that the the, the nine aren't going to like rise back up, though. You know, yeah, what I'm but saying? I mean, but if they were to rise back up, they wouldn't be heading to the Shire because they knew that Baggins had left the Shire and now was like on the road elsewhere. So I just thought, like, yeah, what is the danger necessarily? The imminent danger for the Shire that. So it, my point is, it just sounds like. He's just trying to get rid of Pippin. He's like, oh, you know, you really got to go back to the Shire and warn everyone of this impending danger, even though that there's yeah. no impending danger. It's kind of it's like when you are talking to your kids and they want to do something brave or like, oh, you you want to go fight those criminals down the street or you want to go fight ISIS or whatever. But, oh, I got a job for you. Uh, the neighborhood kids have a, a lemonade stand. Why don't you go mess with right. them? Or, you know, like just some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some stupid errand to distract your children from some big thing that's way beyond their means or way beyond their abilities. And you give them some stupid job to kind of distract them from that. That's kind yeah, of what yeah. I, I kind of feel like is going on here. Well, you know Cause they just said how there's no, um, there's no imminent threat. Right. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I've got a few thoughts on this now that we're actually discussing this. Like one that I think that, um, they could go, they could have gone back and they could have warned uh the the shire folk like hey you know strange things are afoot out in the uh out in the real world here but you know what though honestly I, like i mean let's face it the, the only way that 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 mordor like sauron is going to the shire is if everything falls like that would be like okay let's take care of this business over here you know what i'm talking about they like it would be after the war. Like, if, if Sauron would have won the war, then they could have... Oh, you're saying that, and, that he that they're the lowest of his priorities? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, that's, like, what, what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 um, I can now, like, ne- like, like kind of thinking this through, like, in a, in a different way, I can kind of, like, maybe speculate as to why um, Gandalf chose Merian Pippin um, to, uh, or was in support because I think that is that 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 Frodo would need that support system that mm. wasn't that wasn't Aragorn or Boromir or it like like it's like there's a certain comfort level right. that I think he needs to keep him from like actually claiming the ring. I mean, you know, if he felt, I mean, not to say that he's going to feel threatened. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? But I think it's kind of like, hey, let's you know let. Let's make. So you're saying that's why they were allowed onto the company? Yes, that's yeah. why I think like that they were allowed. If you want to, you know, if you really want to think about it, is that 
like kind of keep him happy, keep him around like the people Friend, that he's friends, comfortable. people that know him, yeah. people that relate to him. Yeah, yeah it would be kind of weird to just have him surrounded by a bunch of strangers, more or less. Gandalf being there would probably be a comfort, but again, like Gandalf's like if something happens to me, we we still need a support network for for Frodo, so he right. doesn't. You know, and at this stage, like, I think Aragorn or Strider, as he calls him, gives him comfort too. Yeah, but but it's a different kind of comfort. It's a very it's it's it's, it's not a confidant kind of like. Yeah, uh, it's more of a protector, more of a parent or something. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, so I mean, it an would, equal or a peer or a friend. It would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense that they would have like like the support because then Frodo can kind of feel like he's kind of maybe in control of. Of something i don't know i don't know yeah i mean i think you, i think it speaks to a common theme in lord of the rings that um where where a, a friend is just as valuable if not more valuable than some you know great noble prince or or great huge you know this fighter who's got all these fighting skills sometimes it takes right. just a friend that you can trust uh to get you through whatever you're trying to get through in, in fact, like, you know, when, when my kids or whatever, they ask me what Lord of the Rings is about, even when we talk about the difference between fiction and nonfiction, like, I, I always tell them that, you know, my kids will say things like fiction books are not true. And I kind of like have to talk them through a sense where there's actually a lot of truth in fiction books. And in fact, Lord yeah, of the yeah. Rings is, you can look at it as pure fiction and pure fantasy, but it's about real things. It's about the truth of friendship, for instance, or, you know, like yeah, yeah. friendship. So there's truth in the story, even though it's not quote unquote true. Like right. it's about friendship, but like to speculate real quick, <laughs> like switch gears from more serious thoughts. Um, can you imagine if, if um, Pippin or Pippin and Mary were sent back to the Shire to like warn the Shire folk about their impending danger <laughs> And there was nothing going on in the Shire and people were just like smoking their pipe weed and, you know, chasing after butterflies and like oh, do, doing the laundry on the laundry line. And Pippin's like, there's this great evil dark lord named Sauron and he's far, far away, but he's coming to get you. And they're like, why are you being behind the rabbit? It's <laughs> <laughs> like. Hoy, is a Can you imagine to hide everyone? They're like hiding in baskets and they pop their head out like, <laughs> like you did. I saw a I was so scared. Pippin's in the in the psychologist's office sitting on a chaise lounge and and the yeah. psychologist is like, Is the Sauron in the room with us now? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's he's coming. It's he's coming. real. You gotta believe me. Like, oh, here comes Pippin, the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> the poem that Bilbo recites. Can you go to that? Well, yeah, actually, I was going to, I was actually going to talk about that. Right there. Yeah. This poem kind of, like, it's actually a, like, like, like an end of life kind of poem, you know, like where Dude, Bilbo, I think finally. Great minds think alike. I was going to say the exact same thing with this poem. I did want to talk about it for those same reasons. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's actually like dwell on this for a little bit. So here's the thing: I, I don't generally read a whole lot of like the Tolkien poems. I kind of just mm -hmm. like, kind of glance over this, but this is actually kind of a bittersweet kind of uh, totally poem, you know. And 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 this really does kind of drive home that that okay. So when Bilbo 
volunteered himself at the Council of Elrond, right? Mm -hmm. That was his last chance to get his hands on the ring. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. So, yeah, yeah, there was. But, but honestly, um, I think that that was his last chance to be like, like, I'm still young. I'm still hell. I can still do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can still go out. Right. Yeah, it's quite poignant travel. that he, that he, they, they, that Tolkien then shows him reciting this poem after realizing that the story, the ring, and, and the great stories of the great deeds have passed on to Frodo, my heir, as it were. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just this chronicler singing songs and re reciting tales and and chronicling the, the great deeds, but I'm no longer the participant in those deeds. Yeah, yeah. No, and again, it's it, it, it when 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 you're younger, you know, like uh, you, this kind of like, oh, this is a kind of a nice little poem. But as we get older, and we as our kids get older, I mean, again, not to get too sappy about it, but it's like kind of like, oh, um, it's like this. The I'm not quite there yet, as far as like you know, ready to you know, <laughs> whatever. But it's right. kind of like. It's way closer than it was, you know, when I first started reading uh, Lord of the Rings. You oh, know? right, so it's right, right. Like, when you were just a child, really. Yeah, I was a child. And no, even but like, like, you know, even a, yeah. you know, uh, uh, teens into the 20s and stuff like that, you don't really think about, you know, this stuff. But it's like, I mean, the, the first two stanzas are reminiscences of things in the past, right? Yeah. And when you are old, and, you know, my grandma, before she died, she just told me like all i have is memories now and when you're yeah. when you're that old it's like you don't have a whole lot to look forward to and but the the main thing that you think about is all the memories that your mind is like kind of going through uh, yeah. uh ruminating upon um because that's all you have left especially after my grandpa died so she just had memories of him and so she would just kind of ruminate and reflect upon him so he's saying, I sit beside the fire and think of all that I have seen, of meadow flowers and butterflies and summers that have been, of yellow leaves and gossamer and autumns that there were, with morning mist and silver sun and wind upon my hair. So it's just like, even, and they aren't even really like great deeds or great historical events. They're just a reflection of like the little things, like I'm thinking yeah. of, flowers and butterflies in summer's long gone. Um, and then that's contrasted with stanza three, where he says, I sit beside the fire and think of how the world would be when winter comes without a spring that I shall ever see. And yeah, that's, that's like when you get old, when you get old, you start to think like, okay, at some point, like I've seen a lot of seasons, I've winter has come around again and again and again and again. But one, one of these days, there's going to be a winter because, you know, winter always kind of looks the same. It's gray and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. steely and there's no leaves and stuff. But one of these days there's going to be, or one of these years, there's going to be a winter that I'm actually not going to see. I'm not going to be there to see it. And my kids will probably right. see it. And my grandkids will see it, but I won't be there. Or to actually spring. See it. You'll see the winter, but the spring, like again, right. it, oh, it, sorry. It, it, there will be a, yeah. a, when winter comes without a spring and the spring won't be there because I won't be there to see it yeah right. yeah that's that's kind of freaky so it's like it's kind of like if the tree falls in the forest does it make a sound in, in other words like if you're not there to see it will yeah. it actually exist so that's why yeah the spring doesn't but, really exist for you because you're not there to witness it 
But but doesn't this like poem hit a little bit differently now that we're kind of you know, like, totally. you know well that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's like you know I, I actually have had these kinds of thoughts fairly recently where I'm like imagining like if I die I'm not, I don't think I'm anywhere near death but like if I die no, like no. like who's gonna watch the kids <laughs> or who's going no, to I like know. you know like uh, who's gonna do these things that I that I do because like they'll have to be on their own and make their own decisions and you know um so real quick let's just finish for their um sorry it's okay let me just okay there uh for there are so many things that i have never seen in every wood in every spring there is a different green so you could i see this like you you only live one life and you've only been to the places you've been there's plenty of places in the world that you've never been um even you know i've been like all over the world but there's still tons of places where i've never been there's lakes and fat mountains that i've never seen so yeah. he's he's i think he's equating like the 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 year in the future that you won't see because you're you die that's going to just be like the mountain on the other side of the world that you'll never visit because you just haven't been all over the world yet so there's right, experiences right. both that that are there's experiences that you have no access to either because they're in some faraway geographical location or because they are from a distant time or place far in the f- past before you were born or far in the future after you die. So you'll, you, so it's almost like it almost gives you a consolation. It consoles you with the fact that, Oh, the fact that I'm dying means that, Oh, like it doesn't really change anything because there's always going to be things that you don't get to see. You know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very poignant. Oh, and just let me, I guess, finish it off. I sit beside the fire and think of people long ago and people who will see a world that I shall never know. Yeah, that's interesting. Like your your descendants or whatever. But all the while I sit and think of times that were before, so reflecting on the past, and listen for returning feet and voices at the door. And I could just think of Frodo just saying, wow, Bilbo. Thanks. Way to to bring it. (laughs) way to like really depress me bro yeah no but um the thing is man it's like 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 again like this was like where bilbo was like all right okay like i mean where he truly let go you know this is where he just was like okay i'm just gonna be hanging in rivendell for the end (laughs) yeah it's very very poignant and then it doesn't even it's it's this weird moment because like it doesn't even finish the scene it's like that's the end of the scene yeah yeah <laughs> like, like, like what, what tolkien probably did was like like and then frodo sat deep in thought and said well <laughs> gotta go <laughs> <laughs> no he's like and then uh, anyway. a, a tear fell down the cheek of bilbo as he stared out the window and frodo was like are you done with your uh are you done with your poem? Because uh, what, was, what, what was that part about the the, the green thing? Yeah, that no, was good. That was good. All right, anyway, <laughs> Bilbo, you know, I I just got stabbed not too long ago. I mean, it, this is great, but I mean, I'm not feeling that good. I oh you know, okay, one poem, one poem, just one, That's fine, just one. And then <laughs> that was great. That was great. And Bill was like, I got another one. It's like, no, no. <laughs> you like that? 
Oh, I got another yeah. one. It's even better.